So turn with me to Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 21 through 23. Just a little bit, one of the parables of Jesus that he was teaching in parables for them that day. And my title is Wonderful. The Wrens love road trips. Uh, in fact, uh, I was raised with road trips. My parents bought a five-year-old five pickup truck. It, uh, it was a 1955 Chevy. Uh, that you know, that kind of teal blue that a lot of them were, and they they put a camper on the back of it, and the camper was called a, a Rambler. So my mom got busy and painted on the side Wren's Rambler. Uh, and uh, we rambled around, mainly the western United States, in that. And so happy memories. And recently we just got back from a, a, an awesome road trip. We took a little jaunt to Chicago and back. And uh, coming back, we were going through some state somewhere. Uh, that's about my distinct memory of it. And it was the wee hours of the morning. And I think Torstein was driving, perhaps. Anyway, and there's these exits uh, that they're just called ranch exit or farm exit. There's no services. It's just a road for the local folks to get on and off the highway. And we wanted to change drivers, so we pulled off there in the wee hours. And this, the moon had not risen yet. And so we stopped the van, and we kind of all got out and stretched our legs. It had been a little while since we'd stopped, and, and we suddenly somebody looked up. It was like, <gasps> wow, there were billions of stars. And there was this big splash across the sky, the Milky Way. And somebody said, well, can you eat? I think it was me. I, you can't even see the, the Big Dipper. And then we looked. Boom, there's the Big Dipper. I mean, it's amazing. Don't you love that? You, you ever had that experience? I hope you have. Get away from the ambient light of the city, look up into the sky, and if it doesn't put a shiver in your spine, uh, there's definitely something wrong with you. Uh, you know, it's just, it's wonderful. It's crammed with wonder. Heavens declare the glory of God. It, it's declaring it in a, in a beautifully articulate way. There is no voice, but the message comes through. And God is, is all about revealing, all about revelation. Um, and that's what this little parable is about for us today, too. Mark 4 21 through 23. And, and if the sky is wonderful, and it is, if the Milky Way gives you shivers in your spine, which it ought to, the revelation of Jesus Christ far exceeds these natural revelations. Whether you go macro or micro, you know, macro huge or micro small, it, it all boggles the mind. The appropriate response is wonder. And then when we find out uh, 
about the nature of Christ and his work and who he is and what he has done, what he is, who was and is and is to come. We just sang that. What a marvelous mystery. That's who Jesus is all about. That's who he is. Uh, So again, very short passage, just this is what he said. And he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, in God's amazing sovereignty uh, for us today, this is a perfect little parable that actually introduces our whole Vacation Bible School topic. We're calling it Code Busters. And the whole idea is, the center idea is that God reveals his truth to us as we, as we read the word, as we depend on the Holy Spirit. He opens our hearts and minds to amazing truth. And he has revealed this truth. And yes, it's, it's hidden, it's secret. The Greek word is, we get the word cryptic from this Greek word, the word secret here in our text. It's, it's cryptic, it's interesting but he didn't put it in a secret to not reveal it, but he put it in a secret to reveal it in an explosive, exciting, fantastic way that will res- res- result in our eternity of, of worship, of praise. And, and it should result in that starting right now, of us being living sacrifices, uh, totally responding to his revelation. He's, he has just talked about how he, he speaks in parables to hide the truth from some people. It's really quite uh, amazing what he said uh, in verse 12. Um, you can see it, in, let's read in the same chapter, uh, chapter 4. It says, and when he was alone, those around him with the twelve, so this is a larger group than just the twelve, uh, but they come and they asked him about the parables, and he said to them, to you it has been given, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. Now there's a group of people who God hasn't revealed to them uh, his truth, and when they hear spiritual truth, it's gobbledygook, it's it's doesn't make any sense. It's, in fact, they think it's foolish. They think it's some sort of weird joke that you're telling me. Um, the whole story of Christ, the whole uh, nature of Revelation, the, the Bible itself, you know, they think it's ridiculous. And he says, this is a part of God's, God's work, his sovereign work. Uh, those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. God has a sovereign plan for everyone, and some are not going to believe. That's the bold truth. We don't know who they are, 
but some are not going to believe. But he says, this is revelation in secret to be revealed. That's why it is there. Let's start with a couple of other verses too, just to kind of set the context. I, I love this one, uh, Psalm 46.10. This is a beautiful psalm. I think probably most of you are familiar with it. Be still and know that I am God. That's, our lives are filled with worry, fear, anxiety, panic responses. And we, this is a spiritual discipline to be able to say, I'm going to slow down, I'm going to still myself, be still, and know that He is God. God is God, I am not God. And I can trust Him. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I went from a, a slide of a Monterey uh, sunset, and, and here is a sunset in, in Asia somewhere. Uh, God is the God of, of the entire globe, and He will be exalted. He will uh, be revealed. Uh, we might live in a time period when Jesus is cryptically hidden. He's currently still our, our donkey-riding Savior, Easy to be ignored, easy to be mocked. But the Bible clearly teaches that one day, it won't be that way always. <laughs> he will come in, in, in a, riding a white stallion uh, to be revealed and no one will be able to avoid the reality of who Jesus is at that point. In fact, it says every eye will see him, every knee will bow, and all will confess that Jesus is Lord. So, be confident. He's God. He will be exalted. Do you want to be on the right side of history? You want to be on the right side of history? Well, you know, that's the right place to be. <laughs> if you want to be on the right side of history, be the one who loves Jesus now and worships Him because He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He will be. Don't bet against it. Don't risk your life thinking it's a myth. It is a fairy tale that I don't have to believe. No. The Bible uses the word believe in the truth. Unlike, say, Walt Disney believed, you know, taught the word believe. It's just believe, believe in something, believe in happiness. You know, I believe I'll sell you another ticket. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, we believe that in the truth, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted. I will be exalted in the earth. Hallelujah. And here's another uh, good verse. These are sort of background verses that I'd like you to, to meditate on uh, uh, as we go on today. This is an awesome verse. The whole passage is quite amazing in Deuteronomy 29. But this says the secret things belong to the Lord. Uh, when it's caps like that, it's the Hebrew name for God, Yahweh. The secret things, and that in, in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, it's the same word in our parable today. Cryptic, the hidden things, the secret things. 
belong to the Lord our God. So let's just pause there. There's a comma, but let's pretend there's a period. Just for a second. Um, God knows everything. There's nothing secret to God. There's no surprises. He's got it under control. And a part of the admonition, be still and know that I'm God, is to say, Lord God, I don't understand this, but I know you do. This is not accidental. This is your work. I can't explain it, but I know you know. I know you know. The secret things belong to Yahweh, our God. Okay, but let's go back and realize there's a comma there. But the things that are revealed belong to us and our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. So there's the beautiful thing. God has revealed his truth and he's revealed it so that we can know it and he intends for us to know it. Right? That's the intention of it. That is what this parable is saying. For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest. So if the word of God seems difficult or cryptic or strange or even absurd, it's put in that package, yet it will be. It's put there to be made manifest um, at the right time as God reveals it. And this is a beautiful verse because it says that these revealed things belong to us and to our children forever. We have an obligation to train our children uh, in the word of God, in the things of the Lord, and teach them uh, as we go along in life. Okay, so there is some introduction. Uh, again, on our trip, we dropped by the Rocky Mountains National Park. Anybody ever been there? Three people? have Only four? Five? Okay. That's really sad. <laughs> you people need to get out more. But uh, if you have opportunity, uh, go to Estes Park, Colorado and head into the, the Rocky Mountain National Park. Uh, and uh, we had a guide to a hike. And I already knew a little bit about this. This is just, I'm just talking about God here, okay? And, and the wonder of who God is. Uh, he's created different all kinds of species. He loves variety. <laughs> Just almost uh, infinite variety as far as we're concerned, right? And like trees. This is a picture, a uh, close-up of a pine cone on a lodgepole pine. I've actually mentioned this not that long ago. It's the coolest thing. The lodgepole pine, actually, this is what I learned on this trip. They have two kinds of pine cones. One works in the natural cycle of their life. And the other one doesn't work in that natural cycle at all. It's so sealed and shut with, with pine tar, it's just worthless. You'd have to put it through a forest fire to open it up. And when it goes through a forest fire, it opens up and drops its seed so that the lodgepole pines are some of the first to grow after a, a forest fire. Now, wasn't that incredibly intelligent of this pine tree to develop a backup system 
<laughs> in order to propagate itself, it probably looked at the other trees and said, well, we can do better than that. <laughs> Let's send our research and development team into thinking of a backup system. Let's have two kinds of pine cones. Well, I don't know. That's kind of controversial, but I guess we can give it a try. <laughs> no, 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 no. This just shows the intelligent design of God. I mean, it, it's, it's wonderful the intricacy and the amazing things he has made. It should drive us to uh, being dazzled by his intelligence and his amazing nature and his wonder. Uh, this is another uh, slide I like. This, this is actually a stratified cliff. You can see an individual standing at the bottom. And the cool thing about this, this is from uh, an eruption of Mount St. Helens back in the 80s. And you would think, well, you know, how many billions of years uh, was that formed in? Well, it happened to be formed in a few hours <laughs> because of the massive devastation of, of the eruption. It blew all this dust in the air, came in, and then settled down into a water. And it's just marvelous, uh, the, the things. This is Lake Powell, the layers and layers. People, I've had a dear friend in this church, one of our Naval Postgraduate School students, uh, come to me and say, well, Pastor Nate, I just can't believe uh, that the earth could possibly be young because of things like this, Lake Powell. I mean, look at all the layers. It, that we, we know that that takes... Millions, if not billions of years. But you know what? We found out from Mount St. Helens, it can happen in a few hours, quite literally, if you have a massive enough interruption uh, and huge catastrophe, something like a worldwide flood would produce, you see. And the worldwide flood was the biggest catastrophe this earth has ever seen. We probably went from one huge continent to uh, breaking up of all the continents, and you know the, the surface of the Earth was like a balloon, just uh, undulating and changing and erupting. It was a massive uh, display of violence, all in the, the name of wrath, the wrath of God on, on sin. It's cryptic. But we can understand it through the revelation of God that these things reveal who God is and how powerful he is and how wonderful he is. I, I, I think the beauty here is what Jesus is saying is Jesus came to reveal the truth. Here's a couple of uh, verses that I love on that. I don't have these ones on the screen. Uh, this is from John 1. 18. It says, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, this is wild language here. You've never seen God, but the only God who's at the Father's side, he has made him known. And that's talking about Jesus Christ. This is the, we call it the Trinity the teaching of the Trinity. There's one God in three persons. You can say Jesus is God, the Father is God, and Jesus is the only God in the sense that he is just like the Father in nature and essence. 
there's only one God, yes, and they, he exists in three persons, who, and he's at the Father's side, he has made him, the Father, known. Now, Bible teachers love this because what Bible teachers are trying to do is exegete the scriptures. Ever heard of that? You, you exegete. Could you open that door for me if people are like dying or something? I don't know. <laughs> I am anyway. <laughs> You've never heard of that? No, I know. I know. Most of you have. An exegesis is what we're trying to do right here. It's taking what's in the scripture and bringing it out, quite literally. You bring out what's here. It has the word like exit and ago to lead out. Exit to lead out what's in here. The opposite side is what's called eisegesis, which is when you take the scripture and start cramming things into it. Okay, That's the dangers. Uh, we, we try to study the scripture and bring out what's here. Like in, let's exegete this verse. He has made him known. That's the word exegesis. Uh, Christ knows God. That's an understatement. He is God. And he is here to reveal the nature of God to us. And the Bible is actually really clear on this. And that is that you can't know God if you deny Jesus Christ. If you say, I like God, but I'm not interested in Jesus Christ or the death on the cross and all that bloody stuff, um, then, you, then you're denying God. You don't know God. There's only one way to know God, and it's through Jesus Christ. He's here to reveal him. He's here to, to reveal the mystery of who God is. And Jesus came to reveal the truth in a surprising way. We're supposed to look at Jesus just like we look at the lodgepole pine and say, that's so cool. That's so amazing. I'm drawn to this. And so we, you know, unlike the person sitting next to us on the bench, we're, we're drawn in by delight in who Jesus is, delight in his revelation. And that's our response. Also, Here's another good verse. This one's in the English Standard Version, which is the version I'm using all the time. And it's also in Mark. It's in Mark 138. It says this, And he said to them, uh, well, Let me read the context real quick. Turn there if you have your Bible open uh, to Mark 1. Um, you remember this if you were here. I, I talked on it a couple of months ago. Mark 1, 35 and following, it says, And rising very early in the morning, when it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. This is very cool because Jesus got up before everyone. Apparently he set his iPhone to like 4 o'clock and, and put, put the ringer down like real low so no one else could hear. <laughs> he gets up real early and literally sneaks out of the house while everybody else is dozing. And uh, the rest of them finally get up and it says, and this is, by the way, after a very long day, the day before. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him. And they said to him, everyone is looking for you. Like, Why were you late? What are you doing? You, you irresponsible, perfect savior person. <laughs> you should be at our beck and call. We expected you here and you were there. Who do you think you are? There's a lot in there. Everyone is looking for you. Verse 38. And he said to them, 
hmm, well, let us go to the next towns that I may preach there. There's an urgency here, but I have to go somewhere else. I have a plan, and I'm going to keep on my plan. And what is his plan? I, I have to go. I preach there, for that is why I came out. Now, when I read this very carefully in the English Bible, I thought, wow, I wonder if the translators knew that that was kind of uncomfortable English language. I don't really want to touch this <laughs> with a 10-foot pole, but it is kind of un- uncomfortable. That's why I came out. You know, you know what that sort of generally means in Northern California. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I was talking to my friend the other day, and my, I have a son, Jorgen, uh, who, who's a married man. He's a, a lawyer in Chicago. And I said, he's, he's coming out to California to go to a wedding. And he just about died. You know, your, your son's coming out. You know, this is... Uh, okay, I know this is weird and uncomfortable, but I like it because Jesus didn't come out to declare his rebellion against God the Father or, or to say that uh, I'm going to serve myself here. Not at all. He came out to serve others. He came out, he says, I came out to preach in all these other towns. I came out to declare, to proclaim the word of God. That's his purpose uh, as he goes out. Now, I say this, though, from the word of God, that we are dependent upon God's revelation to know the truth. The, the, the word is proclaimed, but then it has to be answered by a miracle in our hearts to understand the truth. The Bible teaches this. I want to spend just a couple of minutes on it. We're dependent. You know, uh, Americans, they we're a breed of folks that don't like to be dependent. You know, we'd rather put a big flag on the back of our pickup truck, yellow flag with a snake on it that says, don't tread on me. Yeah, which is, I'm all, I'm all, that's cool. You know, if I had a pickup, I might do that. Uh, but when it comes to spiritual realities, it's very important to realize we're dependent on God. This amazing creator God teaches us to depend on him. I want to go through a couple of passages here that, that show us this truth. Why do I say this? Jesus says, I am speaking in these parables. I'm, I'm, we're hiding the truth, not to hide it, but so that it will be revealed. So how is it revealed? It's revealed through God's work. Here's Romans 16, uh, 25 through 27. If you have your Bible, Romans 16, 25. It's actually a benediction at the very end of the book of Romans. It says, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Now what is Paul saying here? In the close of this great book of Romans, he's saying 
God is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Through the gospel and the preaching of the word, God's able to strengthen us according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages. So it's cryptic, it's, it's hidden, hidden to be revealed. You know, the sort of a secret ingredient, like of a seed is what, you know, water and the warmth of the soil and the sun shining. That seed opens and grows. And through God's Holy Spirit, he works in our hearts so that this thing that was a mystery, now I believe it. I believe it. It's, it's my gospel now. Uh, but has now been disclosed through the prophetic writings. The, the scripture is what God uses to reveal his truth to us. Has been, and it's been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God. Just like the absurdity of saying that the lodgepole pine you know, developed a research and development department in order to uh, survive fires, and they came up with a proposal of two different kinds of cones. Uh, that's absurd. No, that didn't happen. It's, there's outside intelligence. Uh, there's, a, there's somebody who put intelligence into this system and is obviously revealed in what is there. It's the same with us. God, at the command of the eternal God, he takes us who are spiritually dead and opens our hearts and minds to see the truth and trust the truth, to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God, be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, that's Romans. I want to look at a, a passage from Colossians now. Um, chapter 1. Uh, verses, uh, starting at verse 24, and I'm going to read down through 29. It says this, this is Paul speaking. This is, I love this verse, by the way, it's very interesting. He says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. So Paul's saying, I've, I've suffered for you, you Colossians. He says, and in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. Now, that should be disturbing to us because we could say, what? Christ's afflictions were not sufficient and they're dependent on this guy, Paul, to fill up what's lacking in them? What are you driving at, Paul? Well, what, what's lacking is the, the declaration, the preaching, the teaching, as he'll say here in a minute. Afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that has been given to me for you. And here is what is lacking, to make the word of God fully known. So Paul is this preacher who's preaching Christ. He says, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, and he takes it all over the globe, and he speaks to uh, people in Colossae and Ephesus and Corinth and Rome. And that's what's lacking in the suffering of Christ, the proclamation of it. And he says, I'm here to make the word of God fully known, to take this mystery and, you know, crack it open and let the seeds fly out, uh, that the Holy Spirit actually does this miracle 
while he's teaching and preaching to make the word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his uh, saints. To them God chose to make known. So God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this. I think the word is the next word mystery. The printer failed me right here. Is anybody reading? Okay, thank you. Thank you, sir. Of this mystery. Uh, it was in red, and it chose not to print any red ones, sorry. Which is, and here's the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And, and this part I really love. Him we proclaim. We, and this word proclaim is katangelaman. Katangelaman. Men. There, you can hear angel if they're, if you're careful. You listen, angels in the middle of there. Angelion is an angel, a, a messenger. This is a verb, literally kata angelas. Kata is, in this case, a prefix that just intensifies the root meaning of this verb. What he's saying is, I emphatically proclaim Christ. Sometimes I do it loudly. Sometimes I do it in an intense whisper. <laughs> you know, it's like getting out of the car at the ranch exit and looking at the sky. It's like, whoa! You know, this Christ, the Son of God, became a human being eternally. He's still a human being. <laughs> He's fully God, fully man, now for us. And He died on the cross for our sins. I'm a wretch, I'm a piece of dirt. He died for me. It's, it's a, a wonder of love. Uh, and, and it should just blow us away. And he says, him we proclaim. We don't suggest it. We don't even use the verb sharing in this church. <laughs> we don't share here. Uh, maybe once in a while we share food. <laughs> share coffee. But the John Piper put it this way about Christ. He said, Christ says, I will be proclaimed, not explained. There's a proclamation of who Jesus is. It shouts forth in glory. This is Christ. This is what our, you know, compromising culture needs. A bold proclamation of who Jesus is. Him we proclaim. Paul was doing this in an amazingly, amazingly pluralistic society. Uh, even more so than ours, or at least as much. And in that cacophony of marketplace, he comes out and says, I want to tell you about Jesus Christ. I want to proclaim him. And uh, this is Colossians 1.28. Him we proclaim, warning everyone, and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone. His goal was massive. I want everyone to believe this. <laughs> I'm going after everybody. I don't know who the elect are. That's God's business. For me, I proclaim it to everyone and, and wait for God to bring the response in his time. And we, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, 
that he powerfully works within me. There's something beautiful and miraculous uh, when you set to uh, teaching and preaching the word of God. You know, the Holy Spirit works through you to proclaim the good news that can eternally change an individual and their, their eternal destiny you know, hangs on whether or not they trust in the gospel of Jesus Christ that God is using you to proclaim. So that's, that's this word. That's kata angelas. Thoroughly proclaim it to announce, declare, preach. So we're dependent on God's revelation to know the truth. Here's a couple of other uh, favorite passages. I'm running a little low on time, so I won't read them all, but here's Acts 16, 14, speaking of a lady named Lydia in, in Philippi. It says, One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And for First uh, Corinthians two fourteen is important. It says the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So we we pray for God's work to open us. So I've said this before. Actually, quite a while I said it, but I think what this is saying is that for me personally, and for any believer. The central, most important miracle is when God opens our heart to believe the truth. That, for me, I mean, I'm lost without that. You know, it's it's the the you know the the sea opening, and I walk through on dry ground. It's a massive miracle that the Lord calls me to Himself, and without it, I'm lost forever. But with it. I'm brought into an eternal relationship that grows with God. And I pray that that is your experience too, that you grow in your walk with God. So this is, I want to close with this then. How do we respond to this? First of all, partake. Here's the offering. Here's the word of God. Partake in it. Take it. Take it for your own. Say, yes, Lord, I believe that. Give one of the great, uh, the disciples said, Lord, I believe, you know, but help my unbelief. I, I've got some issues here. I can't believe it all right now. Uh, and, that, and that's fine. You come and say, Lord, you, you take care of it. You, you give me more faith. Uh, faith is a gift. I need more. I want to trust you more. Uh, but, but I want to believe, oh, Lord God. I want to come and partake. And then if you're a believer, partake in the word. You know, be faithful in your participation in church and in different Bible studies and things. The next is praise. We should be people, we should be growing and growing and growing more and more just to be known as people who are praised. I mean, not praised, <laughs> who are praising God. Uh, we should be, you know, blessed and excited to be rejoicing in the Lord, filled with wonder, yes, at his creation and the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's people who just are just kind of bubbly and a little bit weirdly optimistic. Like, like you bother people because you're, you're too happy, you know. That's the way we should be. We should all be, uh, you know, obnoxious. 
Can, can you say amen? <laughs> you know, we need to be out there. The Bible says you're supposed to what? Shine as a, you know, a light in a dark world. You're the contrast. And that really brings me to my final point, and that is proclaim. You know, you are saved to represent the Lord God. Turn with me to Matthew 5. This is very well known. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 and following. It says this. Look at this. This is what he said to his disciples, to us. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. This is very similar to the parable, right, that we're actually studying right now. People don't light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that a number approaching 100% of us need to repent right here. And I, I am included. I don't do this very well. Uh, I proclaim it. I want to do it. I see it. <laughs> but I'm not sure I'm there. You know, a lot of times I'm, I'm uh, grumpy uh, over stupid things, right? Uh, and, and God's calling us to be light. Light in our homes, light in our workplace, uh, light wherever we are. We're, we're to be uh, shining God's revelation. We've received this revelation. We're partaking, we're praising, and we proclaim Christ. So God help us to fulfill his commands. Let's go back to that slide there at the very beginning. Kind of end with this thought right here. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed Holy Scripture belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. Why did God entrust us with this revelation? So that we would know it and we'd pass it on. You know, one of the thrilling things for me is to be the pastor of this church. Uh, it's been a great part of my life. You know, been here, I think I'm the 14th pastor, something like that. And, uh, you know, I could say... They started in 1910. We believe the same thing that they, they believed in 1910. We've been faithful to the word by God's grace. <laughs> We've weathered some storms. What a thrill. And that's this verse. You know, it's for us, and it's for the next generation. And what keeps the church pure is the knowledge of the word of God. That's the center point. That doesn't change. Charlotte and I have been part of a amazing thing in our homeschooling was well, just homeschool speech and debate. We've been part of three different leagues over the last 21 years. And in the process of it, uh, Charlotte's been a huge part of like, uh, she was like one of the founding mothers, <laughs> founding fathers of, of the uh, two of the organizations. And, and part of her job was to, to write the, the constitution, sort of the rules on how you do this. And there's, there's a lot of rules, a lot of descriptions, and what to exclude, what to include. And she and her buddies 
I, and I was witness of this, would spend 30 hours a week for a couple of months at a time pouring their lives into, should it be the word the or uh, you know, in these rules. And, and of course, the, the baton's being passed to a new generation. And what drives us crazy is they don't know why we made those rules, and they're changing them. You know? No, don't change the rules. We had really good reasons for that. <clears throat> and then we've just been consoling ourselves and saying, well, that's the way life goes. You, know? you build a house, and somebody else goes and lives in it and enjoys all your hard, handiwork like that Brandon's been doing in their house. And, and that's just the way life is. But you know what? The glory here is the word of God stands forever. Now, we didn't, we didn't argue over should it be a the or an uh in the word of God. It stands forever. And that's what keeps the church pure. It's a mystery that's revealed. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Help us to take advantage of your revelation more and more. We know that you said these things so that we would live by them. And that pricks us. This is one thing to be really excited about it. But it's really quite another to live by it. So strengthen us, O oh Lord. O oh Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.